Welcome back. This is Richard Sachs on Lost Arts Radio. This is Lost Arts Radio Sunday show. And you have a special treat tonight because a friend that we haven't seen for about a year, I guess as face-to-face as you can do in the Zoom environment, um, is back. Our friend, Dr. Henry Ely, a.k.a. Dr. Hanalei. And um, he's done a lot of great work as a scientist and a doctor he comes out of scnm which is a school not too far from where i live in arizona uh, southwest college of naturopathic medicine and he's also started his own school which we'll get to talk about which is a really exciting project and is giving uh people some of what real education should be and i hope that he will be able to share some of that with you today but we're going to go over uh some basic things about where he's coming from, his background, what led up to now, current situation, and then ideas for making the future better, which I think is the main reason to be aware of any of this stuff, is to make make things corrected and heal the world, basically. So welcome, Dr. Ely. I'm really excited that you're here. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Really, really feel that. <laughs> thank you, Richard, for having me again. And thank you to everyone in the audience at Lost Arts Radio um, who's uh, interested in listening in. Really appreciate you still having the energy and the endurance to stay um, informed on this topic. Yeah, it's an interesting environment that we're working in. And you have to keep changing platforms and doing things like that. But <laughs> I want to give people, even at a distance, more of a feeling of you as a person because mm-hmm. something has happened in your development that's led you to be an example that's all too uncommon which is mixing science and health with not losing the humanity aspect Mm. of it and and the feeling and the the energy of love behind it not just technical dryness you know and it's not one or the other you're demonstrating you can put them both together so one thing that people often ask me hearing about you coming on the show, where did the name Dr. Hanalei come from? It sounds, it sounds Hawaiian and you're in Oregon. So maybe that would be a clue of a place to start kind of your background a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, uh, the name uh, Hanalei was uh, given to me um, in on the island of uh, Kauai by uh, a Kahuna Lapa'au. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is a, a healing master of the Hawaiian uh, arts, mystic arts, um, in 2001. And it was really an interesting experience. Um, I went out to 
uh, Hawaii, um, which I love to teach people means something, you know, we have, in the Hawaiian language, um, words have deep, deep meaning. Uh, a lot of people think of uh, Hawaii as a state, but it's uh, Hawaii, and it means breath in the water, ha fai e. It means breath in the water, and it's wow. uh, right, pretty cool, right? Um, the and I, I love everything about Hawaiian culture. I, I want to be clear: I'm not a Hawaiian. I hope to be a honorary Hawaiian very okay. one day. But I do love the cultural aspects of family, of joy and singing, of integrity, um, and of being in attunement with um, nature and. Uh, and natural life. I love the deep connection that the Hawaiian, really all Polynesian people have with the water and, and how they see the world. Uh, and I think it's um, I think it's an important lesson for us right now that we can, at any time we choose, uh, we can stop suffering and start getting back into alignment with what Bob Marley would describe the natural mystic that's moving through the air mm-hmm. around all of us. Uh, so I'm here to help people um, clear the air between us, you know, clean it. And that begins, I think, with us really getting in tune with the person in the mirror and understanding that our future is within our control. And I think that's the big lesson of this time right now is they want us to live a life. The people that are evil and, and have very evil intent um, people infected by greed and other really dark um, things have a tendency to um, act in very selfish ways. And while we are all born with a survival instinct and we have a self-interest, of course, uh, we should have a self-interest. It's what we do with our self-interest that determines whether we're bringing love and light into the world or whether we're bringing darkness and chaos into the world. So when I teach my students, I teach them a simple thing. Every act that you can do that's selfless is, brings love and light into the world. And every act that you do that is selfish brings darkness and chaos into the world. And our humanity in my belief system is that within each one of us lives a healer. And a healer is someone who... Um, does all they can to facilitate healing in others through selfless acts while understanding that the only person they can heal is themselves. So what we do is we unlock that potential in everyone that we work with at the Energetic Health Institute, and that's what I've carried forward in my work on COVID, that same aloha spirit and ethos into um, into all the work here. We, we we're, If numbers were enough, Richard, you know, to solve this problem, if data was enough to solve this problem, if arguing was enough to solve this problem, this problem would be solved. But what's going to solve this problem is us exposing into the light the darkness, the lies, the fraud, and then bringing forward the love we have for each other to solve the real root cause from a physical standpoint, which is severe nutrient deficiency. And that's why the people who are in good health and take good care of themselves have really no issues with this man-made bioweapon. But the people who unfortunately have let themselves go and been led astray by the darkness into really poor states of health have the worst time with it. So that's my work. 
You mentioned the word aloha. Mm-hmm. As you're explaining what Hawaii means, breath in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, people use words because they kind of feel a certain way, but they don't really know what they mean. So mm-hmm. as a rule. So what does aloha mean? Oh, that's a good one. Can I can I bring up something? So I have my little cheat sheet on this because this is such sure. a powerful, powerful word. Uh, give me one second to pull this up. I, I teach this to my students and I want to make sure I do not mispronounce or get any of this wrong. So let me yes, pull this up. For first and foremost, what aloha means is is love. So I'm going to buy myself a little time here. It it means love in in the truest sense of it, but there's a depth to it because it's actually an acronym. And um, the acronym um, is going to stand for many things. Uh, Let me see. I'm just going to go to do a quick little Google cheat here. This is to let people know that this conversation is absolutely spontaneous. Yeah. yeah. No idea where it's going to go. And that's what makes it interesting. Nothing scripted. So, um, Aloha, it can be broken down into two separate acronyms. It, it means love, but it can be broken down to aka, akahai and lokahi, ulu, ulu, haa, haa, and ohunui, and uh, ahonui. And aloha, when you take the first letter from each of those other Hawaiian words, um, it means kindness expressed with tenderness. It means unity expressed with harmony. It means being agreeable and also expressed with pleasantness. It means humility expressed with modesty. And it means patience expressed with perseverance. And so there's this deeper understanding of what it takes to express love in, into this world. And alo uh, means being present and ha means breath. So it means being present with your breath as well. So there's this incredible depth to just a single word um, with it. And I want to share something. I just had a vision last night, Richard, um, for this time period. I won't tell the whole story, but suffice to say, it was very clear what the vision was. And um, the vision, I was renamed again last night, and I was renamed into um, uh, Wallis. Uh, but it's pronounced wa-lis. Uh, it's like uh, two two separate words that become one word. Wa-lis. Wa-lis. And I haven't done enough research yet on that. It just happened last night uh, in a vision, so I don't know what that means so just much yet. Giving this name to you last yeah, night. Yeah, I was, I was given this name last night. That's kind um, of a big deal. It's a very big deal. So I'm, I want to take it seriously and do my research on what it means. And How clear were you about who was giving it to you? Uh, very clear. It was, uh, um, uh, I was in a great hall um, of people and sent through four challenges before I could be renamed. And okay. the woman who gave, renamed me put her right hand on my heart and a uh, bright light came into my heart last night and she renamed me Wallis. Um, and, but the four challenges were very interesting because the four challenges I, I took from it were the f- four challenges that we have right now in this time. Are you willing to share those? I would love to share that. Yeah. The, the f- Let's hear it because this is uh, 
the next level below the typical banter in conversations. You know, right. talk about <laughs> that we should use. Right. We should let's get into the data right away. Well, we have that too, but let's talk about real stuff, right? right? Three out of four challenges at seventy five percent. Right. So there are there are four challenges we all face today. Okay. The first challenge is to take no offense. Wow. The second challenge is to speak truth. The third challenge I'll is to be fast. I'm actually writing these. Down. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I'll, no, I'll slow it no down. No offense and then speak truth. Yeah. First challenge, take no offense. The second challenge we have is to speak truth. The third challenge we have is to be selfless. And the fourth challenge we have is to remain humble. So I was um, in the dream, in the vision last night, I was um, um, put into um, four of those challenges throughout the vision before I was renamed. And okay, before so I was how did they challenge you? Did they ask you something about that each statement? Or uh, no, uh, the challenges were. Um, uh, ver- I was shunned in the great hall. Um, I was invited as a guest, but I was shunned to see how I would react. Okay, see if I was ready or worthy. So I had to. I had to elicit all of these. I had to pass each of these challenges before I could receive the blessing. So your attitude at being shunned was what was being tested for all four attributes, right? Right. And and the first was to take no offense. So I was was being shunned and to take no offense at uh, specifically someone refused to shake my hand, uh, even though I extended it in goodwill. And I didn't take any offense. I accidentally passed that test. Um, And I was very fortunate to. But then the next one... Uh, the next challenge was to, I mean, I'm just learning this as well today, it was to speak truth. Yeah. And so someone um, needed an apology from me, and I apologized to them, but I didn't apologize for anything in the spirit of Ho'oponopono because I didn't do anything wrong. And they wanted to see whether I would capitulate to someone else's needs or whether I would stand my ground and speak my truth. Well, there's so a, did you just say generally, I'm sorry. Like I, I, I just said in Ho'oponopono, I, I apologize to you. Okay. That's it. But I didn't apologize for anything to start that process of energy transference. Right. Okay. Um, so, and they, they picked up on that. And then it took me to the third challenge, um, which was um, I was actually removed from the Great Hall and okay. sat outside and told I couldn't come back in. And in my vision, luckily, I decided to sit down and meditate outside of the Great Hall. And There's a story exactly like that with Siddhartha or somebody like really? that. Really? That's cool. <laughs> when, when he went to, I don't know, some place where there was supposedly some master he wanted to study with. Mm-hmm. And said, no, you know, it was raining and it was day after day after day. And he, he just stayed there meditating and he didn't care how long it was. And they had to yeah. Yeah, and that's and I took the same approach in the vision, and after the the morning turned into early evening, and then two people, while my eyes were closed in the in the vision, came and put their hands underneath my arms and lifted me back up to my feet and brought me in to the uh, great hall. And then um, when I got into the great hall, the feeling had changed a little bit from all the people in there. It went from shunning to there were 
it was a little more excitement, but they were still being very quiet. And when I walked in the hall, they started to gently slap me on my face and close their fists and gently punch me on my chin uh-huh. to annoy me, not to hurt, but to annoy me to see if I would react. Right. And, uh, and I, I didn't. And that's, um, um, you know, a little, it's uncharacteristic of me to do something like that. So um, the vision of it was there, it was their slap is to receive this, that slap, the symbolic slap is to remember to be humble uh-huh. in all that you do to remain humble, you know, before God. Um, so um, I brought those four challenges back. I'm going to be teaching on them throughout this year and um, helping people understand that the first is, I think, the most important in this time, but they're all of equal importance. And the first is to take no offense um, because we are right now so easily offended that it cuts us off from our connection with our higher power, our creator. And that's, uh, it's to always to our disadvantage and always to the advantage of evil when that happens. Yeah, totally agree. But you can't just make a decision that you're not going to be offended. There has to be an inner change so mm-hmm. that you automatically stop being offended, right? Well, I, I would say I don't know yet. I'm, I'm going to explore that in more meditation. And it might be that there's more than one way to achieve that. I don't, I don't know yet. Okay. But what I would say is when you put your energy and your heart intention that aloha spirit into taking no offense, ultimately you will find that way for yourself, whichever way that is. You mentioned the other people in the hall. Did mm-hmm. you see them clearly? Can you say anything about them? Oh, uh, yeah. They were all a um, variety of, of cultures, men, women, all sizes and shapes, and um, the overwhelming sense, all good. Yeah. And they shared their names uh, with me after I was uh, renamed, and I wish I could remember their names. That was something that was one of the few parts of the vision I wasn't able to bring forward after I awoke. Right. You didn't have paper with you at the time. Yeah, it was, it, but they were beautiful. Well, it's actually, I was, when I was renamed, I, um, I, I didn't understand my name. I thought that the woman had said Olive and not Wallace. How do you and spell Wallace? W-A hyphen L-I with an emphasis point S. So I have to do some homework and see if that has uh, meaning here, if we have something with it. But um, I couldn't understand my name. So I was after I was renamed, everybody was coming up and happy and congratulating me. And, yeah, of course. And I, and I kept asking them, what's my name? What's my name? I couldn't understand it. And finally, someone pulled me aside. And when he pulled me aside and he said, your name is Walis, that's when he also explained to me, what the challenges were, where I was successful and where I failed and still had more growth to do. Okay. And what again does Wallis mean? I don't know yet. I haven't, I, I just, this all just happened hours ago. I don't. So we're going to have to do another show if you don't mind. Yeah. I'm going to have to do some homework and figure out where Wallis comes from. Yeah. Well, I just think this, this, to me, this is extremely real, you know? Yeah, more, me more too. So, more so than the regular level of this dream world that we're acting in. Right. I, I'm, I'm 100% with you there. And it might sound a little out there for folks, but I, what I say to people is 
there's something far grander than what we give credit for. And all it requires you to do is to open yourself up to that possibility for it to come into you. Um, Different levels of frequency that generate. Totally there are. There totally, totally are. And that's why the the magnificence of this design, of this, uh, this thing we call life, is such a blessing every day and why it's so important to live it. And I don't think that we do ourselves or our creator any service when we spend even a moment in fear or in victimhood or in hatred towards anyone. I don't, I, I, I think that is how we sever the connections and do ourselves and our world a, a huge disservice in the process. So a lot of people want to know if we have these wonderful beings around us that are actually friends of ours that we don't remember at the moment. Why are they not coming and stopping some of this torture that so many are going through and they don't even know what's going on? Because it's all part of the perfection and it is not for them to stop it. We get to decide when suffering ends, when we decide that it ends. Right. This They cannot intervene in our own spiritual growth because it becomes a detriment to our development. Yeah, I agree with you, unfortunately. (laughs) I mean, it's just not very fun when you're going through some parts of it. No, but if you remember, it's all an illusion. It it makes it a little easier. Yeah, that's the challenge, right? No matter how intense it gets on this level. Right. You have to be awake in the dream. Yeah, well, that's that's what we call it, lucid. We have to be lucid at all times. Dreaming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Practice. So, um, do you want to say anything about the physical level steps that brought you up to what you're doing now and anything about background, younger life, anything like that? Sure. Um, you know, I, 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 what I would first say is that these experiences are all are attainable by everyone. This is what all of the great teachers throughout history have taught us that, you know, we want to put them on a pedestal and they repeatedly say, no, I don't want to be on that pedestal. You can, you get yourself onto your own pedestal, or if you really want to look at it like that. Right. You know, I, I know for me that it's a process of being clean. In, uh, in the message last night was purity, purity, purity. It was clear in everything that we have to be of pure intention with what we do. And to get into a place of pure intention, it seems that the best thing to do to me, is to be in a devoted state of consistent prayer or meditation. They're the same thing to me. Right. And also to make sure that what we do in our lives, especially with our diet, is that which is about consciousness. So that if you are eating animal, um, you know, protein that you're giving gratitude for the animal, at all times, something we've stopped doing by and large of giving thanks for what we are given every day. Mm-hmm. But, but that also we do not um, poison our body with the man-made chemicals because they taste good, the preservatives and things like that. I mean, there's, there's everything was perfect the way it was designed. Right. Um, the further we get away from that perfection, the further we disconnect from nature is always to our major detriment. There's no situation where we've 
disconnected from nature and it's been to our benefit now that being said of course i love indoor plumbing and stoves are pretty cool and refrigerators are pretty nice and things like that these are but these are conveniences and i think one of the things that's dangerous about this time period is we have become so attached to our conveniences that we have separated ourselves from the realities of life and the appreciation that comes with growing your own food and knowing what it takes to see that food from seed to your to your plate and all the love energy that went into that the the appreciation for life that comes with if you are eating animals slaughtering an animal and knowing that yes i am consciously taking this animal's life for my own life so i better be grateful for this animal and celebrate this animal and i think we've seen through the confined animal feedlot operations and the large scale industrial monocropping that we've turned this into a mechanistic experience instead of a humanistic experience the human experience that comes with working so that you can develop the appreciation for what you have so for me it still comes back to a simple principle as i see it richard which is the expression of gratitude at all times for what we have because we have so much to be grateful for right and interestingly you know about the emoto water experiment oh, of course yeah it was such well, a brilliant man the two, yeah the two that they found that were most um, effective in creating these beautiful artistic designs in the frozen water mm-hmm. were love and, love and gratitude yeah, that, yeah. So you're talking I have his work right behind me on my shelf. Yeah, of course. What, what's her? Oh, Emoto's book? Yeah, I have both of his books on. Oh, he has several books, exactly. but I have two of them on my shelf. Yeah, how wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know about uh, Veda Austin and what she's doing? No, with, I'm not familiar. No. Yeah, we just interviewed her, and she's, because when I got in touch with the water experiment, started thinking about, okay, implications. Mm-hmm. What, what can we do to build on this? Mm-hmm. to um, heal the world, basically, you know, which we might as well do since we're here for the moment. Amen. And um, she has, you know, I was looking for people that, that had done, how come nobody has scaled this up? Like, if you can affect a glass of water, size is one of those irrelevant terms that's all relative. And so, you know, the size of a galaxy from a different perspective is like the size of an atom and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So why can we only do this with a glass of water? If this is all a projection, which I think it is, the dream that we're talking about, lucid dreaming in, why can we not make that our glass of water and heal the bigger picture, which is only bigger by relative scale? And so I was looking for people in the world that were working with that. I couldn't find any, interestingly, but I did find Veda Austin. And the the angle that she's working on, which is kind of complementary to all this, is that she's asking water questions. So, oh, really? Yeah. Emoto showed that there's consciousness effect of our consciousness, projected emotion specifically, on a so-called inanimate object, which at this point I don't think there's any such thing. But, you know, all this being projected out of consciousness... But um, what Veda's doing is showing, she asked the question, does water have the consciousness to not just respond to the quality of projected emotion, but what about to actual verbalized questions? And so she started asking questions, and it started answering. (laughs) In, In the sense of relevant 
and responsive artistic pictures containing an answer. That is beautiful. I am so excited to learn more about that um, and share with my students once I feel like I have an understanding of what she's doing, because yes, that is a, a wonderful extrapolation of Dr. Emoto's work. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I, I was looking at some pictures of NASA a few, from NASA a few years ago. Um, showing the, some people would look at it, the heartbeat of the earth, I put, uh, or the resp- respiration of the earth. Right. You know, when you see the change in seasons and you see how, um, uh, how the air moves and things like that, they, they had, uh, NASA had released some photos. I don't know, remember if they were thermographic or whatnot, but the NASA had released photos and then put them into a time lapse sequence over the course of a year. And you wow. see the breath of Mother Earth. You see her breathing and I, I go, wow, see, that's, that's it. Cause I've always felt that, you know, things like hurricanes and typhoons and things like that, when you look at them from outer space, they look like immune cells to me. Yeah. So it looks like they're going to heal an area that is, is disease. And I've, you know, I think it's laughable that we think we have consciousness, but then we think, like Mother Earth doesn't. <laughs> it's just a, dead, right? Yeah, it's like okay, that's the. It doesn't look like a human. It can't be conscious. It can't be conscious. That's, that's like you know, and it, that's like the same thing with the the folks that are looking at the world from a flat Earth perspective. Where I'm like, everything that you see, moon, sun, stars, is are, is spherical, and so those are painted this, on the dome. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so man, I. I I think there's this great thing that we have, and I, my sincere hope right now is that we're gaining uh, tremendous appreciation, not just for life, but the freedom to see it the way we want to see it. You know? Right. And, and that maybe there's depth to it that we didn't realize before. Oh, you, know, just... you mentioned in Hawaiian culture, one of the things I think that the kahunas and some of the wiser people there that are more conscious of it mm-hmm. have realized is that every geographical place and uh, element like a river or a mountain or things like that, mm-hmm. they all have a spirit that's mm-hmm. capable of manifesting in a form that's kind of humanoid, mm-hmm. maybe a bit superhuman, but can actually communicate and say, hi, I'm the spirit of such mm-hmm. and such place. And a lot of people have actually experienced that. You know, what's fascinating with that, Richard, is um, one of the things I've started teaching on is um, is death. We have such a terrible relationship with uh, death. We're taught to fear the inevitable, which seems like a tremendous waste of energy, you know, to me. And I think um, while I'm not advocating that we should be embracing, hey, I want to see the conclusion of my life before I've fulfilled my purpose kind of yeah. ideas. Right. Um, and I don't belay that there aren't such things as tragedies. Of course there are. Mm-hmm. But imagine a world where we taught people to celebrate every day because, you know, the, in- the inevitable is possible. Mm-hmm. That we went one step further and said, you know, there's nothing to fear because of all of this great that's going to come in for you it's just a transitory period it's not it's like going through the birth canal you know yeah. it's just a transitory period it's not an it's not a fatalistic endpoint. you're not stuck living in a grave after that 
No, and I wouldn't. Well, there want. is a serious, you know, belief eh, all over the world that that is what to be afraid of. Is that's the horror movie? <laughs> Somebody rescue me! I've been in this grave for fifteen hundred years or something. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I there are many people. I'm one of the minor ones who have some memory of going through that transition, mm-hmm. birth and death. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, there's no such thing. Yeah. You know, it's just a change of form. It's oh, it's just and a transition. Birth is harder than death, in in my experience. I've heard many people who have that similar memories make that claim. That's a very you know common kind of uh, revelation. I think it's you getting know. put into a straitjacket versus taking it off. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not a tragedy to the person going through it. It's a tragedy to the pers- people that miss them. You know, and can't be in touch anymore. You know, J.K. Rowling's had one line in her Harry Potter series that really I thought was um, inspired. I thought the whole thing was was brilliant, and people can debate whether she wrote it or not. I'm not here for all that. Right. But there was a line in the last one where Professor Dumbledore, he's already passed on. He's at the train station, and Harry Potter's there. And Harry Potter's talking to them, and he said, you know, Professor, is this all in my head, or is this real? You know, uh, and the the professor looked at him and said, "Well, of course, it's in your head. Yes. Why should that make it any less real?" Yeah, I totally <laughs> you know? agree with that. <laughs> you know, and that's our our real potential mm-hmm. is when we get to the point of grasping not as a belief but as an experience that this is all projected then yeah. we have more than enough power to heal it oh yeah it seems to be it becomes incredibly malleable at that point you know yeah just like the glass of water yeah this is you know i um i'm so in in love with gratitude and I, the the comment i have for people so often who are feeling a little down about things is that, you know, when we're down, it tells us that we're off our spiritual alignment, you know, in likelihood, we're off our, our path, our course of, of our own development. That's what these emotions help us kind of hone in on, right? Okay. But I, I said, you know, you have to appreciate, I think, one thing every day you wake up. And that is, you never had to exist at all. It's a gift, and it deserves that level of respect and admiration and appreciation every day, even if when you wake up in the life that you're in right now isn't what you want at this time. It's not, it doesn't make you happy. I mean, we've all been there where we've had periods in our life that are just dark nights of the soul, yeah. you know, and they're, they're, they're demanding that you improve or perish, you know, kind of moments. And, um, I, I think that people give in to the despair and the fear and to the hatred just far too easily. And I think it because, and we, they give into it because they, their flesh is weak. You know, their flesh is nutrient deficient. Their flesh is overfed. Uh, their flesh is underused. And when you have those three factors together, when you don't have enough nutrients and you've put on too many empty calories and weight and you've, you're not using your body in, as it's designed to be a mobile 
um, organism on this planet that ultimately what you lead yourself into is to a state where despair is the default because what the despair is attempting to do is to motivate you into reverting and, and, and taking control of your life. So it's really screaming at you for the opportunity to take advantage of the opportunity, but we misinterpret it just like we misinterpret so many things and get misled by people who have evil and greedy intentions to divide us and say, you're white, you're black, you're man, you're woman, blah, 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 blah. You groups need to hate each other. Describing you as your costume. Right. Exactly. I'm, <laughs> I am, we are all so much more than our bodies. I love when uh, Yoda said, this crude matter you know i am more yeah. than this crude matter right. you know you think this is who i am please <laughs> you've heard of those places that people with plenty of money go to to learn better meditation and stuff they're called neurobiofeedback laboratories yeah i've heard of these and things. you get hooked up with all these electrodes and stuff and yeah it usually gives you a tone that mm. says whether you're in the right state of mind so that you can learn Right, because the, the tone knows is that we're all in those labs all the time. This whole thing is a lab. Our whole body, our body is the scientific equipment we needed to to understand the laboratory environment. This is the grandest experiment that has ever been undertaken. This this thing that we call life, and it. What I was told in a different vision was that. We can come home whenever we want, which first immediately told me we're, this is not home, which is pretty cool, reassuring. Yeah. We can come home whenever we want, but the way we feel here is the way we'll feel when we're home. The reason we come to this place in places like this is so that we can develop because the easiest way to develop is in a realm of relativity, dark, light, night, day, up, down. It's very difficult to develop spiritually when you are in the absolute because it's so enjoyable. There's no challenge, right? So that this all serves purpose. So when you, your earlier question, why do all these beings that are here to help us not intervene? Because to do so would defeat the purpose of this purpose. Like stopping the class halfway through. Right. What, what good teacher tells their students what to know? instead of letting their teach their students figure it out for themselves. Right, exactly. And any good teacher would never say, time's up. Time's up. This, this chapter is up, go home and we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so in your school, which looks like just a nutrition school, hmm. it's actually dealing with consciousness as well. It's impossible to not, I think, right? It's impossible, you know, listen... I, I tell folks, you know, what do, what do I really do with my life? Um, my purpose here, you know, I'm here to clean, clear the air between us. You know, there's so much unnecessary ugliness between us. I'm here to help with this process. Right. But what I really do is I teach people how to love themselves. Um, because I know that you can only give that which you have to give. So yeah. I want them to have love in them to give it. The end, the end point of healing, right? And I was talking to my students about this this morning. The end point of healing isn't so that you contain all of this wisdom. It's so that you share the lessons that you learned along your journey yeah. with other people, that you spread that love energy out. It's not so that you keep it. You can't 
keep it. You can't, you can try to hold it as tight as you can. You'll never be able to, right. you know? So what we do is, what I do, and my purpose here is to teach people how to love themselves. I just happen to use holistic nutrition and body work and yoga and, you know, cannabis and herbalism and, you so know, interesting that people who hate somebody else mm. are telling you right away what they're feeling toward themselves. That's exactly what they're they're telling on themselves. Yeah, you know, and that's a clue to how to help people who are hating everybody. Right. And I, what we need is a way to make them love themselves, right? And ideally, even yeah. the highest level bad people, if you could give them that gift that would have an impact on everybody. No, I'm glad you said that, Richard, because last night, the vision I've had, I, I keep going back and forth. Where are we trending? We're trending towards violence, you know, and the right. next iteration of human global violence. By you know, design. By design, right? Because it's a control mechanism. It's a way to invoke fear in people. And I, the message was very clear. This is not the way. It's also you know? a distraction from the real issue. The real issue. The real issue is that people are severely nutrient deficient don't understand have not been taught this is to me that what we're experiencing here is a complete failure of education we well, know excessive education in the wrong direction that can be looked at that way for sure yes it worked great it's it worked great it worked as they intended by design but yeah. you know there's you know I, I come to a point with folks when they're really stuck, you know, with their consciousness and, and thinking that, you know, if they're in, stuck in hatred or in fear or whatnot. And, of course, we have to approach these people with a tremendous level of patience and compassion, you know, more than, more than anything. And I look at these people and I say, let's go to your end point. Well, what's my end point? Your end point is you're taking your final breaths. Right. Now, is all the things that you're afraid of or all the things that anger you that you hate. You're taking your final breath. Does it matter? Do any of those things matter? No. Okay, then if they don't matter at that moment, why do they matter in this moment? Mm-hmm. You know, let's what keep do people it simple. say to that? Um, usually they keep talking because they are, they are addicted to their fear. They're addicted to... Um, their unhappiness, they're addicted to their misery and their anger and all that. goes away, right? Right. But I, what we have to understand is, as healers is that we are planting seeds of thought in people. Yeah. And yeah. a seed won't grow into a full, you know, a full plant, a full, you know, um, you know, edible plant for us in a garden overnight. But you still plant that seed and then you come back and you check on it again and you come back and check on it again. And for most people, just caring about them enough to check on it again and again and again is the water that nourishes them so that seed can grow. And I don't think any of those seeds die. No, that's the beautiful thing about seeds. The right conditions and time, right? You know what's cool about seeds, Richard, is that they can actually survive space. And the and and the way they survive it is they have mitochondria within them that can actually go into suspended animation. How neat is that? Seeds in the tombs of the pharaohs and right, they're still germinating, right? Still, Jade. That's the beautiful thing. This is the this is the perfection of this, the design. I, 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 one of the things I, I I teach is that everything is perfect. 
even when it doesn't feel that way. And the reason I, I do that is because we have this idea that perfection is only happiness. We have this idea that perfection is only that which makes me feel good. Yeah. And no, perfection is all of it. You know, the imperfection that we all have is a part of the greater perfection of all life. So you know? you're talking about prayer and meditation, essentially the different aspects of the same thing. They're the same thing. The idea being to keep those with you, not just once in a while, but live in that all the time, right? And it, these experiences of pleasure and pain and discomfort and the kind of thing you're describing that doesn't feel good, those are like the electrodes hooked up to the machine that's giving you a tone that's discordant. And it's saying, <laughs> you're not remembering. You're off your meditation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, you know, we have that ability that uh, those electrodes within us, they're called um, neurons, <laughs> you know. I've heard of those, right? Yeah, those, those things, those quirky little things. We have 600 miles of them actually in our body. Most people do, right? right? And what they do is they're designed to perceive what's going on internally and they're designed to perceive what's going on externally and bring that information to us so that we can process it and we can, you know, make decisions based upon the the processing of that information. When we look at you know, what we are already designed to do, the, to me, the best thing is to just discover the joy of stillness and let our body start teaching us as we go. And I think that's been one of the things that's been the most fun for me in my meditations and prayers has been that you learn so much when you just give yourself a chance to sit down and breathe. It's all the lessons are already there living within. You just have to give yourself the time and stillness to unwrap them. It's shocking when you find out that quiet is not nothing. <laughs> when things start coming into you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. I, you know, um, have you ever been in meditation and you've seen lights all around the world? Yeah. Those are all the people that are meditating at the same time you are. It's really cool. You can do some astral traveling and, and go and connect with them, but I've seen a lot of it. That's a clue to what could actually heal things the way that we are trying to do, you know? Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, instead of, you know, most of these people that we really need to reach, like the ones who have designed an educational system to make sure you're out of touch with yourself and mm-hmm. the ones who are plan all these extermination agendas, which were mm-hmm. one. If we can, if we try to reach them, you know, you send them a letter or you call them up on the phone if you have their phone number and try to talk to them, they're not really receptive to that. They'll eat you instead, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you reach them on a subliminal level, they don't have a defense against that. Mm-hmm. And I think that we could change even the top-level demonic beings, because this is just what I've seen so far, and you can tell me what you think about it. I have not, I've, I've looked at the human power structure up to the top of the pyramid of it, and above that where they're getting their orders from, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing those coming from lower astral beings. Mm-hmm. But if I look at those beings, and I've encountered a few of them, mm-hmm. those to me are people who don't happen to have physical form at the moment, they have astral form, mm-hmm. and their world is just as real as, as ours are. And under the programming, which they have extensive, horrible programming, 
if you could take that mind programming off of them and at the very bottom of it you find exactly the same thing as in us and mm. it's because every there's not anything that didn't come from the original spirit everything else is piled on imaginary illusion yeah. and i think if you want to reach their real being we have a direct line to that if we can open it up mm. that is a powerful thought that can be utilized in meditation for sure um, to go and explore, right? There's so many ways to go and play yeah. in meditation when you get into the still, the still points, right? When you understand that, uh-huh. no, nothing is really unselfish. It's just that there are levels of enlightenment and selfishness. And when you see that there's only one being here and ever has been, then if you pour out everything you've got to help other people, you're helping yourself. Mm-hmm. That's, just, the, that's the truth. If you don't understand that, their, their vision of selfishness is kill everybody else or dominate them to get tougher and more powerful. <laughs> yeah. It's not understanding that that's hurting themselves. If yeah. they want to be really selfish in that true way, they just help everybody with no limit. Right, right. I talk to them right away. I, I, I agree with you. I think... You know, if we move into more of a Judeo-Christian kind of look at what you just just spoke about. Yeah, I've been excommunicated by a lot of very religious people about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. (laughs) I'm not not contradicting anything like that. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, listen, what was the first challenge? Take no offense. Exactly. The only people that would excommunicate you or cancel culture you are people that take offense. So there's the challenge. Not their fault. Right. They're right. honestly acting from within whatever programming they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we would do the same thing if we were inside that. I'm going to say something that's going to be kind of weird. <laughs> I'm just going to warn everybody that's listening the, right now. That's what here for. Because I've been meditating on this a, a lot more recently why if if lucifer exists and he was cast down by the archangel michael why wouldn't god just destroy lucifer why would he allow him to continue to exist a lot of people are asking that sure hmm what if like not trying to speak for God, please don't misinterpret this. I'm just throwing around some ideas because we can do that. God will not be offended. No, I, yeah, no. God, God, crack. I, I can promise you that God laughs at me a lot. Usually when I'm making big mistakes, um, but you know, what if time doesn't matter to God? And there's an opportunity for redemption even in Lucifer. I totally agree with it, that there is. Because what they, even the people that are most religious see Lucifer as the ultimate fallen angel. Mm-hmm. Well, that means, what was he before he fell? He was an, an angel. angel, right? And what are angels made out of? The original spirit. Mm-hmm. So did that change? I don't think so. It's in there. It's just mucked up. It's fully covered. Mm -hmm. 
And anybody who is subjected to that covering would do just what the demons do. And that's mm-hmm. what they would think would be the thing to do. Mm-hmm. But you take the covering away, and it's a different situation. You know, I, um, I've prayed many, many days for, you know, the Bill Gates of the world to have their epiphany moment. Right. For them to have the moment of realization that they could be far greater than a villain in the world. That's why all this emphasis was given to the prodigal son, right? Mm. Because of how bad he was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. Be a perfect prodigal son to come back. Right. Well, imagine the greatness that could be, right? Yeah. You know, but it does require you re- returning to humility more than anything else. And I think that's the thing. The, the people, the teachers that attract me, Richard, are the ones that you can tell have figured something out, not because of necessarily what they say, but they exude something. There's something about them where they just, it's, I guess you could call it regal in a way. There's just something about them where they are so tapped into the real reality, the reality of what all of this is, that there's no fear in them and there's incredible joy, you know, at the same time. And that's, that's been as a teacher, that's become and been my pursuit to, to know that place, but not just to know it, to know it so well that it is a matter of fact in everything that I do instead of, having glimpses of it here and there and being and then getting sucked back down into the world of arguments and the disease of needing to be right and you know and all this this these battles and arguments it's like i used to i used to have a statement that i i I stopped following over the last two years and maybe it's time for it to reemerge. i refuse to argue with anyone who does not meditate well that's going to save you a lot of time yeah, most people who meditate, in fact, all people who meditate don't argue. <laughs> Content. Well, well, because you get enough clarity to realize that you're not getting anywhere constructive. Right. It's like, what if they change the definition of debate to be only between people who are mutually trying to help each other find the truth? Not to show who's brilliant and who's an idiot. Right, right. I just need to say, we, whatever we find is true, even if it contradicts what we believe, great. It means we're closer to understanding. Exactly. That this, this fundamental idea I've, I've been expressing for a lot of years now, it's okay to disagree. It's actually essential. Yeah, we're giving each other feedback, right? That might trigger some better understanding. Yeah, man. Yeah, this is good. You know, I, I I think I complimented you on this the last time we spoke, but this is totally appropriate again. You have this way to chill everybody out. I wish we could put you on the horn nationally for, you know, for on everybody to listen to. You know, there'd be, of course, a slew of people that are, you know, infected by judgment and everything. Sure. But, but most people hearing you would be like, Ah, that felt wouldn't pretty that, good. <laughs> wouldn't that be great for us to be, even if we did it for free, consultants to the people that we're working on destroying the world right now. And oh my goodness. to them in a really nice way, 
we're not your enemies. We're your opportunity to do something great with what remains of your life. Yeah. I would love to do that. Oh, I would love it so much too. Well, let's go into meditation and do it. Like you said, we can work into, there's many different levels and planes that we can work on. You bring them right in front of your face. Yeah. And you can talk to anybody. Oh, I, yeah. You know, I, I think and this is, this messes with some people. I, I, I like, I, I like studying Sun Tzu, the art of war. Yeah. Yeah. One of the quotes that was very interesting for me when I first started studying Sun Tzu um, that I didn't really understand was that he said, you must develop an incredible love of your enemy. Right. And I think the only way to do that, if, if you think they're other than you, mm-hmm. you can't honestly love them. Mm-mm. But if you realize that under the programming is the same spirit exactly that's in you, then you just love yourself in another form. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, man, this is, this is a lot of fun. This is a much better conversation than I usually get on interviews. Thank you for this gift. Because usually oh. my interviews are blah, 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 this stat, blah, 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 blah. This is what the CDC is buying again. It's, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but, but what's interesting is what's underneath all this stuff? You know, that's not just blowing away some time by talking. Yeah. But looking at how, you know, how can we help each other reconnect? Yeah, yeah. To where the healing power really comes from. Yeah. All the ideas. Yeah. To the essence of it. Oh, he might be blasphemous there, but I'm with you. <laughs> you know, we, we've said this year, Richard, uh, I was talking with uh, one of my really good friends now, uh, Kevin Jenkins, who's just done an amazing job of bringing love into the world, of going all around the country and, and right. talking with people. Uh, and, you know, he's coined a phrase that I really think encapsulates um, what we have to tap into, which is uh, God courage. We have God, to tap God, God courage. We have to tap into our God courage. Okay. This courage that comes from another source, you know, uh, is oh, what, yeah. he's, what he's alluding to. And we did a show, we did a radio show uh, last week, played last weekend on the America Out Loud platform and he um was very point blank with it he's like in 22 you have a choice just like we always have but especially in this year you have a choice are you going to choose fear or are you going to choose your god courage because it's in there but you have all you have to do is make the decision to tap into it well who are you when you take all the programming off (laughs) Yeah, who are you? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> when you get rid of all that destructible stuff that has to be defended and it's hopeless to permanently defend, right? who's left? You know, if we identify with that, not just as a belief, which doesn't do it, mm-hmm. but as an experience, mm-hmm. which is kind of the point of the meditation, mm-hmm. the then you don't have to try to have courage. There is no try, right? You you just no, have it. That, that thing it's that there. you get connected to has the courage, which is just lack of fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is I think this is where you get from all the great teachers. That's exactly what I was talking about. The people I gravitate to, whether they're still in their bodies or not, 
the people yeah. I the people I gravitate to have all expressed this in their life, and it's, it's they like, don't show up to say fall in the mud and worship me. No, they no, no. no they say no. I'm worshiping you. Yeah, you're the same. You just don't know it yet. Yes, it's 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 this idea. I think it's probably the most truest expression of unconditional love that you can have in that way is uh, to say, look at someone and see through all of the muck that's on top of them yeah, and see that brilliant brightness that lives within them. And if you care and you're a teacher and you have that curiosity to do so, that you can engage with them and facilitate this process of making that light within them shine brilliantly sometimes it's removing the muck sometimes it's pumping a little bit more light in but in every situation it's helping someone to believe profoundly in themselves and to believe profoundly that there is goodness waiting to come in through them as a vessel so who you're talking to when you talk to them has a big impact on that Mm-hmm. you're talking to their personality that's got parts you like and parts you don't like and stuff like that, you know, then that's what you're affirming for them mm-hmm. and then keep identifying with it and maybe get defensive or whatever comes out of that. If you're talking to the light in them, which is actually them, you're affirming that. And without even understanding it, they're going to start feeling automatically more like that's who they are. Right. Oh, yes, I think I think so. More often than not, at the very least. Right. I mean, there's addiction is a real thing. And it's interesting, the things that we are addicted to right now, I can tell you the society and I know because I can I'm speaking from my personal experience, too. Right. We're addicted to COVID. We're addicted to a five letter acronym that's based upon fraud. We're addicted to it, you know, and. You know what? What's come out with this? You know, mass formation psychosis thing, or whatever. Yeah, this new, this new intellectual speak, right? You you knew it. Free floating anxiety and (laughs) anger, and all of it comes from fear, of course, at the base. Mass formation psychosis. Can you explain, Richard, to me what mass formation psychosis is? Somebody who wanted to be known for a term. Exactly. You know, it's what, what it really is, and all the ter- any term could be used, is that people are uncomfortable because they're out of touch with themselves. And they don't want to deal with that because it's the most threatening thing to address. And so they look for an external threat to blame everything on. And they just latch on to that because it seems like a way to avoid encountering yourself. It, in the Bushido thought process, it's an act of cowardice. Is what it is. Yeah, which is no one's fault. It's no, it's no one's fault, but it's just a statement of that fact, right? Yeah, yeah, it's fear. It's fear, and the the source of the fear is disconnection from yourself in every situation. Yeah, I, I self is invulnerable. I, I heard this to- this term coined, and I mean, I could easily throw another one right back at them and say pseudologica fantastica. You know, which is a person who's lied so much that they start to believe their own lies, right? Yeah, it's a way to try to get comfort from someone. Right, but it's just these big words that take us away from a a simple expression to people 
so that everyone can understand. It's a way to, it's words that get in the way. It's, it is. That's why I teach you in higher education to mm-hmm. be incomprehensible. <laughs> well, then nobody can prove you wrong because nobody no, knows what you're talking about. He's using words with 18 syllables in them. He must know what he's talking about. <laughs> well, he's a scientist or something. <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I saw that mass formation psychosis thing and I was like, oh, God, this is people who think they're smart trying to convince the world that they're smart. Especially if no one understands what that means, it's even better. Right, right. Mass formation psychosis. That's what we're that's what's going on. No, what's going on is lies. That's yeah. what's going on. Now can I because to me and I I've started talking with some colleagues about this. It's like we're gonna get nowhere if we keep talking over everybody's head. We have to be able to talk to people on a level that they can understand without being condescending, of course, but at a level they understand. And how do we do that? Simplify. It's right. not that there's a mass formation psychosis. It's that people have been lied to and no one has challenged the lie. I shouldn't say that. Plenty of us have challenged the lie. But we haven't been yet successful in breaking through and on the, lie the challenge that lie. Most people realize. And the lie seems to be a bottomless pit, doesn't it? The more you yeah, go yeah. down it, it's Every time you think you really got a handle on it, and then you see the next level, and then, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you remember the story of the emperor's new clothes? I remember it, but help me remember what you're referring to specifically. Well, there's this king, and he hadn't mastered what you've been explaining about humility and all that stuff. And so these tailors came to him, and they said, you know, you're the most amazing, wise, omniscient king that's ever lived, but people aren't appreciating you like they should. Mm-hmm. And so to help that be obvious we are able to make magic clothes that, you know, especially the really wise people will see are just brilliant and spectacular colors that no one's ever seen. And they, and he said, yeah, that sounds pretty good. If people would, you know, just realize that I'm the best King that could ever exist. And he hired them and they made believe they were making these robes and only the really brilliant, you know, perceptive people could see them because they were so amazing and so he couldn't admit that they didn't exist and and they made this complete set of robes for him that he didn't see and he didn't admit it and he was naked and he went out in this parade you know to show everybody that it was amazing and and the public had lined up and been told that only the really stupid people would not see these amazing clothes so nobody was saying anything, and they were all saying, wow, it's so spectacular. And this little kid about four or five years old said, he's naked, and started laughing. And then everybody else started laughing because they all realized it. It is the perfect story. Thanks for sharing it. And <laughs> I mean, that was really simple. He's naked. He's it, out of the mouth of babes, right? That's right, and that's what we could be like, too. Yeah, well, that that's I, I'll tell you that's where I'm moving on this COVID stuff. Uh, we are just discussing willful misconduct, and uh, I've told people that yeah, I will keep researching. We're we've, we're researching things um, right now. We're about to um, release a lot of uh, economic information mm-hmm. for people to digest. Uh, I can give you a. Let me see if I can encapsulate this without de- 
derailing our, our the energy of our conversation here. Sure, sure. So we're about to release um, some information that shows that in the United States, we typically spend on average $11 billion every year from a public health standpoint, federal standpoint, on okay. um, on dealing with flu. But that when we, uh, over the last uh, year, um, we are averaging, last two years, we're averaging that we're spending $1.7 trillion on COVID. It must be really healthy then, right? It's amazing that I don't think there's ever been a situation where we've gotten less for more like this. Yeah. Okay, so it's perfect for that story of the uh, emperor's new robes, right? So eleven billion to what? One point five. One one point seven trillion. Seven. So what's the ratio? So what you're talking about um, is uh, like essentially this. like a thousand times more. It's, you know. It's pretty, yeah, because you're switching from billions to trillions. To trillions, yeah. So, um, so that's so it's like you could, if you wanted to compare it in billions, it would be 11 billion versus 1,700 billion. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So that's one thing that we're about to drop. Um, and then, um, we're, um, we're, I've been working with some really phenomenal PCR and genomic sequencing experts in the world, uh, Dr. Sin Heng Lee and Dr. James Lyons Weiler. Just really, you know, it's really cool, Richard. A lot of these people have become just incredibly dear friends, you know, um, yeah. and you can see the purity of their hearts and what they're doing, you know. Right. Um, and we are about to, um, we're about to finalize a, a um, some and start publishing that CDC has been lying about the variants um, a great deal yeah. um, and uh, misrepresenting their genomic sequencing and doing it purposely incorrectly so that they can hyperinflate how many, you know, samples are right. estimated to be, you know, Omicron or Delta. It's interesting how they did the different phases because before the vaccine started, Mm-hmm. They needed a, a really high number, and they needed to prove that it was all from COVID. Right. So they sent out communications to all the doctors and coroners and right. people who wrote death reports that basically, if you think it might be COVID, it's COVID. Right. And don't worry about like testing and stuff like that. Yeah, you don't need to test. You don't need to confirm right. it. It's. I'm sure it is. Oh, and just so you don't make sure you don't need to do that. If some ethics, if some moral obligation starts to rise in you, here we're going to give you a lot more money. Yeah, exactly. Especially hospital administrators. Yeah. Well, you know, they did that for remdesivir, too. We just found out that um, hospitals that administer remdesivir um, get uh, a much higher reimbursement uh, from Medicare um, and uh, then uh, Medicare, Medicaid, then um, if that's why they're not administering ivermectin at all. And there's no connection between kidney failure and death and remdesivir it's all total coincidence oh it's all just make-believe it's just it's just it's just total make-believe you 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 know there's nothing to see there and then when they started the vaccines they needed a reason for all the deaths that were going to come from that and Mm -hmm. you know you just have variants are perfect yeah they're perfect there it's a never-ending it's never going to end there's going to be there's no point in time that the, the this man-made thing won't try to vary itself. <laughs> you know, that's just... So if you look at the, the drama and stream that we're calling the real world, you know, yeah, you have these brilliant light beings 
thinking that they're little helpless really right. in right. uh, people walking around and they think they are their costumes and right. there's nothing else and then you have on the other side the same actors which are just spirit yeah. in the same place playing the role of the bad guys yeah um, they're just as brilliant on the dark side and they're they thought what's the best thing that we could do to fulfill our mission and get what we want oh i know a ceremonial sacrifice of the entire biosphere <laughs> and i think that's exactly what they're doing i don't I don't see it being population reduction. I see it being total extermination. Yeah. So but this massive epic drama and all the parts are being played by the same spirit in different forms. And the question is, can you do something with this dream without having to go through the entire experience? Right. Right. Now, you know, yeah, yeah. I'll leave that. I'll leave that where it is. You said it beautifully. And, um, you know, it, the, it's the inner the intertwining of all this is so phenomenal. You know, when you start, I mean, the, the scale of it is just in a, in a macabre way magnificent. That you know, you're able yeah. to pull off all of this, right? But you know, it's only exceeded by the horrors that we have for it. Yeah. You know, um, but you know, you have to respect it because it's it took a lot of planning and a lot of um coercion a lot of it, it took a lot of energy to create this reality that we're we're in right now um people talk so, about hell you know and uh, the hells <laughs> seen some of those in the astral levels and they're real they're not permanent but they're horrible but in a way the current state of this place is hell really qualifies as a hell at the moment partly because you know, the regular hells are just, you know, fire and all these horrible things happening without a stop. Here, you have the additional torture of incredible beauty being destroyed gradually over and over again right. with the potential to stop that direction and turn it around so it becomes exactly like heaven on earth. This could be heaven or this could be hell. This is Bob Marley's yeah, one of us. Whoever wrote that. Yeah, Bob Marley, and there's a lot of people who've come to that conclusion. You know, you go through enough experience and you give yourself the freedom to be objective, and it's difficult to arrive at other conclusions. But, yeah. you know, thankfully, suffering is optional. And thankfully, you know, we've had plenty of experiences where things look like they're at their most dire state and something magical happens and changes the trajectory of it. Yeah. And I expect that that will happen here as well even um, a bad guy could be the hero even a bad guy could be the hero we got must have george r, r. martin writing this up or something from game of thrones right <laughs> so um you know we and, and we have one other thing you know that that's that just dropped today actually it just got published today it was um i've been tracking breakthrough cases and breakthrough hospitalizations and breakthrough deaths because the CDC stopped um, reporting on it, all of this on April 30th. Uh, and then, oh, excuse me, they stopped reporting cases April 30th. They stopped reporting hospitalizations and death on October 30th of last year. And um, what we did was, that, so I said, okay, there's somebody reporting. It went down and we, in November and we started looking at every state health department to see who was reporting it. And there aren't a lot of there. Are, every state health department is reporting right now. Only thirty-one of fifty-one state health departments, and I include Washington D.C. as a state health department, right. uh, but only thirty-one of fifty-one are reporting 
So here's here's some things to here's some things for you for people who do like the stat side and need a little bit more numbers or whatever. It's fine. I'm a nerd out there. I love geeking it up. So in November there were 1.4 million over 1.4 million confirmed breakthrough um, cases. There was uh, 56,000 confirmed uh, breakthrough hospitalizations and 16,000 confirmed um, uh, breakthrough deaths. Right. This is a This is information that's not being reported anymore. By December, Richard, do you know that cases um, had jumped from 1.4 million to over 2.5 million? Did you know that hospitalizations had jumped had jumped from 30? Uh, excuse me, 56 uh, thousand to over 90 thousand. And do you know that deaths had jumped from 16 thousand to almost 25 thousand? In one month. That's if you assume everything gets reported to VAERS, yeah. Well, that and that's not VAERS. That's just vaccine breakthrough. That's every time that it failed. Oh, I see, I see. Right? See, the but failure is what they're not reporting. All the vaccine deaths? It, now, if we go over to VAERS and we start looking at the minimal amount, right, of what it could be, mm-hmm. as of the December 24th, there's, uh, these products have reached a dubious distinction. These are the only products in American medical history with the distinction of injuring over a million people and failing over a million times. Unless they're succeeding. <laughs> well, in Latin, what you mean by that is that the intention was for them to fail and the intention was for them to injure. Yeah, I got you. I think the only other explanation is that everybody in the system is so incompetent, they can't tell that these are hurting people. You know, there's a high level of incompetence, but there is uh, and, and there's a small fraction of drivers that know that these are wrong and know that this is corrupt and they're they're complicit in the corruption they're benefiting they're profiting off it and that's going to be ultimately the conversation we have to have this year and as the, in this country is this response is going to bankrupt us it's going to turn the dollar into a peso and maybe that was part of the plan as well who knows well, I'm sure it was i mean mm-hmm. right now if you wanted to turn this into zimbabwe and during the hyperinflation mm-hmm Printing the amount of money they're printing would be exactly how you do it, although they're doing something to accelerate it more, which is hyperprinting at the same time as shutting down production. Exactly. You got it. You know, and, and this is this is where, you know, that's a simple thing for people to understand. This is how we have to explain it. We could get into the weeds of the specific numbers and here's this study and citation and all that, but I think what I ask people to do on this topic is just step back for a second and say, does it feel right? Exactly. Because you like the way it feels. Got that intrinsic perception ability. Yeah. Education has put as a high priority to remove you from. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody has a PhD in emotion. Does it feel right? We're just trained to not be aware of it. Right. Does does this feel right? Does it feel right to have somebody who's been in the hospitals for a year and a half working their butts off to help people? Does it feel right to kick them out of their job because they don't want to get an experiment? No. 
I mean, come on, let's let's be serious here. It, it doesn't feel right. Does it feel right to tell people that this business can stay open because they're a big major corporation and this small mom and pop shop can't? Does it feel right to tell kids that who have a ninety nine point nine 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 percent recovery rate that they have to put a a face cloth on for their whole school day and and that that face cloth we know doesn't do a damn thing to stop transmission you know i mean we 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 have to just really widely known if we didn't have the censorship right does it feel right you know what i mean and this is where i this is where i go with people who are still trying to embrace the narrative because like you said there's a lot of people like that story you gave about the emperor and new clothes that that will are merely trying to embrace the narrative because to to say that it, it has been a lie would mean that they have to admit that they were complicit in that lie, that they were fooled, that they didn't understand what was going on. And that's uh, that takes a level of humility that most people have, which brings us back to the four challenges. The fourth challenge is to remain humble. Right. Right. Yeah. For example, I think what's happening in, in any of these things could be a, you know, multi-week conversation, but if a lot of people are, are looking at what's happening with Donald Trump right now because he's one of the biggest uh, promoters of the vaccines and he's, you know, telling outright lies and saying that nobody's been hurt, they're all great and you should be protected and don't worry, I'm not really in favor of mandates. And he was the one who honestly asked Robert Kennedy to come into and make a commission to expose the safety hazards and something happened. And I think what he would need to do for a current villain to become the hero is he would have to do something really challenging and say, I made the most catastrophic error that has been made in the history of presidents of the United States. And I'm complicit in the deaths of millions of people and I now have to make up for it, and I apologize, and, you know, taking on the four virtues that you were talking about, and say, this is what we're going to do to heal things. And that's possible for anybody not, to do, right? It's possible for anybody to do, but it's not possible for him. He's been a part of it the whole time. He was, well, he was know, the... Even intrinsically bad guys, if they were a part of it the whole time, or if they're demonic. Oh, on that level... On that level, yes, he, he could. He could have an epiphany and, and, and change. But here's a couple things. One, he's heavily invested in the pharmaceutical vaccine manufacturers. This is why he's going out to try and control. Do you have something that could be shared and put out on that? Cause I no, I, I don't. But we, we'll, we'll put something out when the time is appropriate okay. on that. So that's number one. And number two, what we have to appreciate is that all of the billionaires are in the same club. All right. And keep looking for one that's not, you know. Yeah, they're all in the same club. And with Trump, I think he had no problem being um, vilified um, as a part of that club because he knew that the end point of that club was to get the vaccines into into production and he was going to profit off of it a great deal like all of the other buddies in that club were going to profit off of it and if he has to take a few arrows so what because he doesn't care 
you know, and this is the, the thing that's missing from our elected officials by and large, the thing that's missing from these billionaires by and large mm-hmm. is obvious compassion. Obvious acts of compassion. Where have they been? You have enough money to solve most problems in the world, but all you're doing is adding more money into your tax-free nonprofits. Where, where? Meanwhile, people are suffering and starving. Where, where are your, where are your obvious acts of compassion? And don't give me the nonsense of a Bessos who's saying, "Hey, I give five million dollars here and there to a charity." Where is your obvious acts of compassion? Right. And most of the charities are corrupt, too. Well, they all, almost all of them are. This is, we, we have allowed criminals to run amok. This is, this is something that Teddy Roosevelt comes to a realization of when he comes into the presidency, that we've allowed this process of them just basically of, of government becoming not for the people, by the people, but for the corporation by the corporation and we are back in that same cycle again and it's going to have it's going to take us all having the courage the god courage to say no more it's time to break up these oligarchies it's time to break up these obvious corrupt people it's time to hold the corrupt people accountable and send a message back to them that you better shape up or we're going to come for you as well and so we're going to need an example of that and, you know, that's why our work has been on this grand jury petition side of things. We want right. to make sure that independent people like us get a chance to use the system that we still have in place while we have it to hold people who have committed crimes against humanity. And really, when you get down to it, um, crimes against God accountable, you know, um, it's not OK for you to kick out a new man-made lab virus every couple of years and create a problem and then profit off the solution. That's some Cleander from the Roman Empire level stuff, you know, I mean, listen, false flags into that too. Oh, of course you, well, you have to, it's a part of the process. That's why they're lying. So, so much. It's, it's shocking when they admit some truth, you know, like they did last week when Fauci came out and said, and Walensky came out and confirmed that, yeah, we, we defrauded the, they, they came out and told us to our faces last week that they defrauded the American people. They came out and said that the hospitalization counts for children were higher than what they really were because we wanted to scare people into getting their kids the shot. They came out and said that they, they came out and said to our faces, we are admitting on the public record that we have lied. We have defrauded the American people and in doing so violated multiple federal laws. We did it for this purpose. And they are trying to act like they only did that for kids. They did it for they, that. That fraud that they admitted to has been everywhere. Walensky came out last week and said that. It's okay to cut down the um, the isolation period to five days because mm-hmm. we know that the PCR tests can can test positive for up to twelve weeks following. Guess how long the CDC has known that? That was first published in February of 2020 by the South Korean CDC that PCR tests can test positive for up to twelve weeks. It's been a reference on the CDC's website since. February of 2020 for her to come out in December of 2021. You know, what is that? 12, 
you know, 10, 22 months later, after all the horror that has come out and, and the PCR has been the center of it and say, oh, well, now you can do it because of this is just absolutely preposterous. It's, it's just another admission of fraud. You, when, when people lie to us, we have to take them as liars. When someone shows you who they are, you have to believe them. They are, have done nothing but lie from day one and, you know, they deserve to be held accountable for those lies because so many people have suffered on so many different levels and levels that we've never seen, even in World War II. The That's people right. have suffered now on levels. Now, we are not at the number of deaths that occurred during World War II. Over 60 million people lost their lives during World War II when you count for everyone that died for after But we are, we are fastly going in that direction. I've been teaching more recently on World War II history and the, and the buildup to World War II and the role that Joseph Goebbels had mm-hmm. in creating propaganda. We don't call it propaganda anymore. We call it narratives. You know, and and now they've weaponized data. I mean, listen, we we can we can get into this on a deep level, but on the if we want to just get it to a level of understanding, they've lied, and that's not okay. And lied at a level that's hard to grasp because if you think that anybody in the Centers for Disease Creation and Proliferation is capable of actually, (laughs) I'm using that. That is great. Say that again. I can I hear that one again. I can't claim full credit for it. Well, I don't care who gets credit for it, but who uh, would say it again? That was one of the disease creation and proliferation. Oh, I'm writing it down. Um, if anybody in that group, I'll give you a second to write. No, go for it. I got it. If anybody in that group is capable of like doing a really high tech operation, like watching YouTube videos, mm-hmm. some of them can do that. And if they bring up uh, Kerry Mullis, and his explanations of PCR procedure, which is basically a high-tech magnifying glass. That's all it is. In his words, of finding anything in anybody. If and you, he said, if you spool it up enough. Yep. Regardless of cycle threshold, it's impossible to use it for a diagnostic test, period. Period. And if anybody in CDC NP is capable of listening to him, and he knows pretty well because he invented it, Mm-hmm. Then and also combining that knowledge with all of the events they held prior to the release of the official pandemic, the SPARS, you know, documents and Event 201, all mm-hmm. these things that preceded it, where they knew exactly what was going to happen and where, and that it would be a coronavirus and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. The fact that nobody, including Centers for Disease Creation, has a sample. So even with a real test, they couldn't get any numbers real numbers mm-hmm. and they knew from the beginning at, at the top that this was for extermination purposes and and tyranny purposes mm-hmm. fascism purposes government merging with corporations mm-hmm. and the people who serve them which made it all possible do it because they're highly educated and they've learned to memorize follow orders at all costs so just like in the Nuremberg trials, it came out that people were just following orders. Everybody in this mechanized system is doing that now, and it makes it possible to be carried out. Yeah, and this is this we can trace back to Andrew Dulles, you know, the 
guy who has an airport named after him in D.C. Yeah. The, the attorney that brought over the Nazi scientists and scrubbed all their records and let them infect oh, our country. Did not get put in jail or hung. In- no, most of them did not. Most, all of everyone that was on trial for uh, in the Nuremberg trials deserved to be deserved to lose their life. Yeah, that's right. right. And and there was only a couple that did. I want to say, was it nine out of 23 or something like that? Yeah, um, that doesn't account for the thousands that were oh, it, there. Oh, it, it, it doesn't. And, the, and what really bothered me about the, the Nazis who were ultimately convicted but not uh, sentenced to death, um, what really bothered me about it is not one of them served their full sentence. Yeah. Not Once the one. public was satisfied with the show trial. Once the show was over... Let these folks, these scientists, all the, the Zyklon beers and everything, they can now be used. We bring them into the United States. What do you think is going to happen? Well, we're buying IBM computers now. Right. I know. What do, what do, you, what do you think was going and to happen? Air aspirins. Right. And then if you want to roll back a little before that, Rockefellers. I mean, come on. It's all the same players, right? It's all the same players. These admissions that you're talking about, like from Fauci saying we lied about such and such. Yeah. I really think that they're not saying that by mistake. This is a protocol that one of the rules of the sacrifice is that you have to give notice of what you're doing to people to a certain extent. Well, Richard, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna bring me into a topic I don't know that I want to talk about right now, which is Luciferianism. So, yeah, I'd I'd prefer not to talk about that, but I would encourage people to understand that there's a difference between Satanism and Luciferianism and what looks like it's being exhibited right now with these behaviors is Luciferianism. I think the main point that I would make is that, and this may be unrealistic on my part, but I'm still holding out the feeling that even in the worst of the bad guys, underneath the mountains of horrible dark programming is the same spirit being held prisoner Mm. and we ultimately have the power although it isn't realized yet Mm. to reach those inner prisoners and if we can free them they'll do the rest Mm. you know it's not proven it's not proven but it's also not disproven no and even though it's not proven, doesn't mean that it isn't a viable avenue for exploration. Steps on the way to it have their own benefits. You know, I will fight to defend myself and my family. Yeah, you should. But I will also love the people that have suffered a great deal and care about them. And you can simultaneously have empathy for the people who have perpetuated these crimes and want them to held, be held accountable to the highest extent of our laws and what should happen for their crimes. You can, you can like do that. But it's not really. You it's know, not a choice that you have to make. On the dream level, we ha- this is why it's important not to lose firearms rights and rights for self-defense mm-hmm. and all those things. Exactly. Critical. And historically, whenever people lose the right to have self-defense and, and instruments mm-hmm. of protection, mm-hmm. things get really bad. And yep. the government just starts killing people by the millions, and it's just all through history. Yep. But at the same time, we've got this other level 
that we're working on that should change the course of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 hey, what, what I, what I look at with people and my first question when I'm talking with new folks is, what have you done that's worked? Right. You know, um, you know, I, I've seen, I saw recently a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was last week. You know, there was a call for some, you know, nomination for awards for people who've been on the on the front lines of this freedom movement of the civil rights. It's a civil rights movement. Now we can call it medical freedom and call it health freedom. And those things are, are accurate, but it's a civil rights issue, you know. Sure. Um, and <laughs> I thought to myself, how preposterous is this? We haven't won anything yet. You know, we haven't we haven't vanquished the foe. You know, we haven't we haven't restored that freedom above all is what matters. We haven't redone any of that. We're, we're here starting to pat ourselves on the back. What's what is wrong with us? You know, this is these are these are terrible thoughts. We, you know, I, it takes me back to what Winston Churchill said after Dunkirk. You know, and if you haven't studied Dunkirk, you owe it to yourself to study Dunkirk. Wars are not won by retreating. Right. Or by compliance. Or by compliance. Evil is not, evil has never stopped being evil because someone decided they wanted to comply. Right. You know, and this is where there's there's these fine lines and we we can get very spiritual, of course, and we can work on very spiritual levels. But there are fundamental truths that, unite spirit and physical reality and that one of those fundamental truths is that we have to stand our ground yeah exactly it's true and if you're working on the movie that should change the outcome on a on a meditation level mm-hmm. but not what you're doing with your physical body you can't run away from everything no you can't run away from everything you can't we wish we we wish there was some safe haven to go to but the thing with this movie as it's been played out the last the first two years right. is it doesn't matter where you go to it might be safe or better right now but there's no place that's safe unless we win this no even remote countries small countries i have people that have been escaping from bali mm-hmm. you know, and from islands in different places mm-hmm. um, it's a uh, this cartel is clearly their plan is global. It's not- oh yeah, it's, it's it, there's no other way to look at it. I know you don't get to go. You do, you don't get to start this whole process with two weeks to flatten the curve, and then it be we're in our third year of this now. You don't get to you don't you don't get to do it because on a fundamental level, right? If if we if there's no censorship and there's no coordination of the press and people are are openly expressing different thoughts some in support some in against and and all of this and we're actually having an honest open conversation about this then what happens is um at the very least we all agree that the people in charge have been incompetent and they're fired before the end of the first year's out that we need new leadership in right right but it's an, it's a mind boggling boggling to me that someone like Fauci um, who has been proven? I thought I thought his undoing was going to be the the puppy gate, where 
uh, he was shown to spend over a million with a $1.4 million on American taxpayer uh, money to kill and torture beagle puppies. Right. I thought that was going to be it for him. Right. Instead, what did they do? They just took him off the air for a couple of weeks and now he's back spitting his stupid lies um, left and right. Pattern that people get caught for things and exposed and they just keep going. And it's right. Well, that's 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 the thing. It, in, until, and this is this was the ultimate rea- reality that um, in the build up to World War II that the Allied forces had to come to. There was the Versailles Treaty from World War One, and you know, and then it's very clear you can have Germany can have one hundred thousand troops, no more. It's very clear, mm-hmm. but Hitler says, "Screw that," and takes his troop numbers up way above it and the allied forces did nothing and said, the western oh, bank supported him a hundred percent right and then the um and then hitler says they you know i'm going to take over you know um this country i'm going to take over parts of uh, i'm going to march into austria and austrians greeted him with open arms so you know so Boom, there you got this next level of, of, and, and still the Allied forces did nothing. And then you have, um, uh, Neville Chamberlain from the prime minister before Winston Churchill going over. You know, Churchill's been warning the world for, uh, for years about Hitler and his, pro- and the problems with this guy and, and the psychosis. You know, no, let alone we don't find out till afterwards that he's on a, in a drug induced psychosis the entire time same thing with all of his troops they were on methamphetamines all the time because methamphetamines had become normal culture for the german people so methamphetamines create a false sense of heightened sense of who you are and and, and indomitableness and everything like that and so you know you get this mass psychosis and germans are everybody's on meth and and coke and morphine and everything this ridiculous drug cocktail they're they're stuck on their own chemical dependencies and meanwhile churchill's warning the world and neville chamberlain thinks i'm going to go and i'm going to negotiate uh, um a treatise with uh with hitler to prevent his aggression hitler's thinking i don't respect you so hitler laughs at him signs this stupid piece of paper and um they agree that he can this is what's so crazy about they agree that he can invade parts of czechoslovakia that was the agreement Right. So only the right parts, only the right parts. Right. But uh, he can in- invade those parts. So Neville Chamberlain flies back to Great Britain and, and comes out and starts waving the piece of paper that Hitler signed. And it's like, no, when sometimes when people are that evil and we do believe, yes, even in Hitler, there's a light in him somewhere. Right. But sometimes you got to escort those people to their own demise. Yeah. Because the piece of paper reminds me of in the Pink Panther movies. Mm-hmm. When Dr. Clouseau got in the middle of a bar fight and chairs were flying all around, he was mm-hmm. holding up his, his license as an inspector. Right. No, oh, no, I'm an inspector. Right. There's a, there's a fight going on, dude. You, that, that's not going to work. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I, you know, I think with, with that, you know, <sighs> certainly this isn't dull. It becomes less interesting by the day, but certainly it's not dull. You know, what we what we are going to have to find is the resolve to fight for ourselves and defend ourselves, you know, and 
They're not using bullets and tanks and things in this war. They're using syringes and mRNA sequences. And we're and statutes that you can't and, come out of your house and do it. And, and statutes and all this and fear and all this other stuff. So, you know, um, I don't know how it's going to end in our favor, but I know it's going to end in our favor. I don't know how much suffering we're going to have to go through before it ends in our favor, but I know we're going to have to go through some more suffering before it ends in our favor. You know, Reiner Fulmick in trying to pursue the legal option ended mm-hmm. up saying recently, you know, the courts are so totally corrupt mm-hmm. and judges are, are turning into the bad side, you know, more and more that the, in his opinion now, the answer is going to come from the from the population, the public, not from some legal declaration that they have to stop. Well, I, I think that's it started with us saying, OK, so it's going to have to end with us saying no. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, and, and thankfully that our numbers grow every day and we're not some insignificant minority of people. You know, I think they had hoped we would be, you know, under five percent. Right. Right. We're not. We're far beyond 30 percent and likely over 50 percent at this point. I mean, look, what do most people want? Most people want to just be left alone. Yeah, they doing, want to their life. Let me go live my life. I don't want all these extra rules. I don't want to have to, you know, get a get a corporate shot every couple of months in order to live my life. Now, some people will go along with that because they just don't respect themselves and their bodies or their freedom, and they don't respect all the people who sacrificed their lives to make sure that freedom was provided to them before they were even born, you know? And that becomes its own dangerous lesson. But um, fortunately for us, we have a great healthy percentage of people that seem to have a tremendous resolve on this issue. And I really have the absolute most admiration and respect for everybody who has said no to this and has said there's nothing you can do to me that's going to change my my stance. I would you know? caution people also. You know, there's so much emphasis on, well, this isn't really a vaccine and it's unapproved and it's experimental and all this stuff. Well, look, they could approve it overnight if that was strategically advisable in their opinion. And they could say, you know, everything's uh, accepted now and it's got all the legal standing. That doesn't make it any better. No, it it, it doesn't. I think when I've pointed out that these are experimental shots, um, I fall back on the NIH, which shows that the clinical trials don't end until uh, uh, 22 later this year and 23, um, and that Cormier Nadi doesn't end until May 31st of 2027. I, I point those out to people as facts because most people don't know that. Most people make the assumption that, well, the government wouldn't do this if that wasn't true. And it's like, no, your government is off the rails. This uh, This government has no intention of honoring or respecting your individual sovereignty, um, has no uh, desire to respect your autonomy, has no desire to respect your um, uh, the ethical boundaries of what governments should do, has no desire to respect uh, anything. It, it just has no respect for anyone. And that's not a government anymore that that is now could be considered domestic terrorism and when you look at the armed forces enlistment act 
it's very clear every member of the armed forces that um, uh, comes in there, they raise their right hand and they swear an oath, not to the politicians, they swear an oath to the Constitution to protect the Constitution from all enemies, both foreign, and I'm glad they worded it this way as well, both foreign and domestic yeah, exactly. If they knew it could be domestic also. Right, that's the wisdom of our forefathers. There are so many misconceptions that this fear is based on. And I promise I'll shut up in a minute and we can wrap it up because I know mm-hmm. I've kept you a long time. Um, there's a very interesting project in California by a lady mm-hmm. who was on our show. And it's called the Control Group Project. Yeah, I've, I'm, a part, I've, I'm a part of it. Okay, so what's the, what's the lady's name? I shouldn't be I, I don't know her name, but... Um, uh, she's essentially said, you know, you can you can become a part of her study, which puts you in a control group, which li- which literally because of how she's designed the study um, makes you exempt from any inoculations because you are part of a different study. This one that I'm thinking of was looking all over the country for people that had never had a vaccine. Oh, this is a little, this is a new one. And I, I, forgive me, I was confused with that one. Before that group disappeared, and there was no longer anybody in the country that had never had a vaccine. And they got the data on all those people and compared them to the CDC data on all the different major diseases. Mm-hmm. Everything from allergies to osteoporosis and every heart disease, every single one of them. And this is before COVID. Mm-hmm. So they didn't include the COVID vaccine. Every single one of them was massively correlated to horrible data in overall health. Mm -hmm. And so this image that a lot of these, even brilliant doctors that we watched on different shows have that all the vaccines in the past were great. And this one is just not like that. That's actually not accurate. And what this group showed and documented was that the regular, so-called regular vaccines are all correlated with a horrible decrease in health. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and that would be, I know um, Dr. Paul Thomas did a similar vaccinated versus unvaccinated study that got him in a lot of hot water, which is interesting. Why would, see, this, this is, I think we have to go back to that bird's eye view, that, that higher level here. Yeah. Does that feel right? He's simply reporting empirical evidence that he's been able to produce from his own patient population, some of whom are vaccinated fully, some who are vaccinated partially, and some parents who've said for their kids, no, I'm not going to get it. Right. Why can't he publish that information? Why does he have to get his license attacked for publishing that information, right? Well, and what about all the doctors who tried to do that with autism and they died? Well, there you go. Brad Street and the ones that followed him. I mean, it takes you back to, you know, Max Gerson and, and doctors like him who are forced to leave the country for their own safety because they're able to cure cancer. And, it's, it's, and he got to America and got poisoned. Right. Well, listen, the pharmaceutical industry cannot profit off of a healthy body. No, it's terrible business. It's terrible. It's bad business for them. So, you know, you better be unhealthy. You know, and that's, that's one disincentive for us to talk about these things is because right. we be attacked. But I think, we, you know, it's like you're saying we have to. Right. Well, you know, listen, I'm not going to sit here and know what I know and be afraid to speak 
because of what would happen to me. You know, I mean, we, we, how many people are going to suffer if people like us don't speak? A lot. A lot. <laughs> and if we don't do our internal so-called spiritual work, then that could be equally important too. We've got it on this multi-layered responsibility. You got it. And this, this is where, you know, I get this, the four challenges. The f- second one, speak truth. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is, this is duty, obligation, whatever you want to call it. You know, we're in a moment that we've seen repeated many times throughout history where freedom is being threatened by people who have designs on control and profiteering. It doesn't need to be this complex expression of, of this or that. Yeah, every you can find complexities in every single issue, ultimately. That's by design. Yeah. And it's important for us to maintain the simplicity within it. This is wrong. There's your simplicity. That's this right. is wrong. How do I know? All I have to do is feel it. So the responsibility, just like in Ho'oponopono, is 100% on each individual. You got it. Nobody's responsible for my health, certainly not the government, but it's, but it's not anybody who lives with me or in, is in my neighborhood or at a local marketplace that I go to to protect my health. That's not their responsibility. It's my responsibility. And I'm going to leave your audience with one thought here. Yeah. We talk about living in the light and coming into the light and, you know, and, and goodness and love and all of these, these wonderful things. Did you know, Richard, that you can actually measure the amount of light in someone? How, how do you do that? Vitamin D. So you're saying the vitamin D blood test is equivalent to the light content? It gives us a rudimentary measurement for the amount of light in someone. The people who have the higher levels of vitamin D above 50 nanograms per milliliter have no issue with this man-made bioweapon. The people who are under 50 and especially under 25 have serious and severe issues with this bioweapon, this bioweapon of darkness. So maybe God didn't create sunlight by mistake. Maybe none of this was by mistake. Maybe all of this was by design. And our bodies, believe it or not, were designed to heal from this. How do I know? Because everybody I've worked with has healed. And I've used, only needed to use ivermectin on one. I've worked with hundreds of people and only, and all of them just exclusively with nutrition and with fasting. Nutrition and fasting is but all it's nothing taken. Nothing with any negative side effects at all. Nothing with it. Real medicine do no harm, right? My first, my it's oath, the oath I took says. Don't do very much harm. It's do no harm. The oath I took, Richard, and so many people like me took is to do no harm. And I'm one of those people that takes my oath very serious. Primarily forgotten. Before we close down here, mm-hmm. let's let people know how to get in touch with your school to find out more about that. Sure. And so you said you work with some people that were sick. Are you taking any individual patients? And if so, how? Um, I, I don't take patients. I do consult. Um, I, I haven't taken a penny on COVID and I won't. Um, I consult with people we've for what I encourage everyone to do is to share education. And so on covidcon21.com, C-O-V-I-D-C-O-N-21.com, we have a section under free resources called immune, uh, called 
immune priming and uh, early treatment. And we go through everything on that page from how to prime. C-O-N, like Nancy, right? Yeah, covidcon21.com. And you go go to the immune priming um, section under free resources. You can get all the layout on what the peer-reviewed empirical evidence shows um, is safe and efficacious from a nutrient standpoint for immune for priming your immune system to make sure that your immune system is ready to go should you get exposed and infected. Okay. We talk about recovery from long haul. We talk about recovery from mild and serious infection. We talk about post-inoculation injury and how to um, and what we've seen work clinically to help recover from that. When that's where we get into a lot of fasting. Okay. Um, you know, uh, and you can when you go to COVIDCon21.com, you can also sign our grand jury petition so that we can get independent people and we don't have to worry about judges. We can go straight to the people to deliberate on this. And then um, if you want to really take control of your health, and know that what you are doing is sound based on science and you will feel the results. You can go to energetichealthinstitute.org. That's energetichealthinstitute.org and come and study with us. We're getting more and more people every day. I'm such a pleasure and an honor to serve uh, people who are coming in from all walks of life who said, I've had enough. I'm looking for the exit door and I'm going to take control of my health. That's energetichealthinstitute.org. And we'd love to have you, um, there. So, um, yeah, you know, we have, um, we have big problems right now that we have to solve and we're not going to be able to solve them all at once. But I can tell you if we identify, Richard, what the root cause is for this particular crisis, we can resolve it one person at a time, and all they have to do is put the energy in to resolve it. All they have to do is make the decision that I'm going to take control of my health. The root cause of this crisis, talking about COVID, is severe nutrient deficiency. And that's something every person has the power to do something about. It's it's, it's something that Every single person can do without needing permission from their governor, without needing permission from their doctor, without needing permission from people who don't understand the mechanisms of action and the necessity of these nutrients. Get your body filled with nutrients and never live in fear of this again. Yeah, beautiful. Um, obviously, we have more to do when, when you recover from being totally exhausted by my keeping you three times too long. But, <laughs> Was that what it is, three times? Well, I don't know. I just, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it so much. So, Ditto. Sharing the time with us and hold on. We'll say goodbye in the break here. You got it. Okay, you guys, that was Dr. Henry Ely, E-A-L-Y founder of Energetic Health Institute, also known as Dr. Hanalei, which uh, now we know from the show where that came from. Um, Incredible person, in my opinion, as I was saying in the introduction, that um, this is what's missing in science and, you know, medicine and health and all that now, in fact, in almost every field where so-called education is involved, that and I can tell you this from my own experience in academic world is that we're taught in so-called higher education that your intuition, your emotions are all misleading and worthless and 
what you feel and what your opinion is has to be left. So basically they're conditioning people to get out of touch with what they intrinsically feel to be right, as Dr. Hanalei was talking about. And the great true breakthrough scientists that were not trying to, well, that, that weren't unaware of the impact of what they discovered, their hunches came from direct inspiration or intuition, and they cared about what the impact of what they discovered would be. And they often had to go against the mainstream science or medical institutions. And now we understand even more why that is, is because education as in the conventional sense is being used to separate us from our ability to learn and to know how to apply what we learn so that it causes uh, healing and not harm. So Dr. Ely is somebody who's done that. And after all the education that he's gone through, that's an incredible um, characteristic to be able to get through medical training and still have common sense and perception and spirituality and and love and compassion intact. It's incredible. I mean, it should be the common uh, thing that we see in the world, but it's not. So I really appreciate the work that he's doing, the research and the, the school that he started, energetichealthinstitute.org. I just started looking at the site. It looks great. There's a lot of interesting material there, and it's available online for anybody who's interested um, anywhere in the world where you've got Internet access. So energetichealthinstitute.org and his other site that he mentioned, uh, covidcon.com, I haven't even looked at yet. Or, I'm sorry, covidcon2121.com, covidcon covidcon one. Dot com, C-O-V-I-D-C-O-N-2-1.com. Uh, there's a petition there that he asked us if we'd please go and sign, uh, having to do with grand juries and things of that nature. Um, sounds like it's really important, too, and I just would urge everybody to stay up with his work, and hopefully he'll come back on in the not-too-distant future and uh, give us an update again on what he's doing. To, to stay up with where you can see this video and others that, you know, are on platforms that are not getting censored. Always remember to go to lostartsradio.com. And um, in fact, lostartsradio.com slash live will show you the links to all the live shows and the recorded shows and all that stuff. And then on that same site, you can see the access to Planetary Healing Club. Or you can go to its own site, planetaryhealingclub.com. That's actually a page on the same site. And that's where we get into a private group that's interactive. Doug and I are there every week. And we talk about all kinds of um, health information without any restriction and about what's happening in the world and about really how to get into the inner work that Dr. Hanalei and, and I were talking about during our discussion to me, it's the most important, and it, it's what gives um, healing power to the physical level work that we do. And in fact, all, like we were saying in the end there, that uh, all the physical cells of the human body are affected every moment, moment to moment, by our consciousness, our attitude, whether we're allowing 
you know, whether we're tuning into a high-frequency energy like Dr. Honolay was talking about that's characterized by joy and uh, a peaceful state and wide-awake clarity, or whether we're tuning into despair and all the problems and everything which convey a message to the cells that, well, you might as well give up, you know, get a disease and die because there's no hope for anything. The cells take that absolutely seriously, and they take everything that you feel as a message to them. So in cases of serious disease like cancer and other degenerative diseases, the doctors that I've talked to all affirm, and the patients that I've talked to also, that um, the emotional element is critical in especially serious diseases, degenerative diseases, but also in immunity to um, acute diseases and things that last a short time. Attitude is critical. So I think what Dr. Henley was confirming is that you, you have to combine where you stay tuned in. You know, ideally, that's what meditation is for. You carry the residue of that with you all day. You don't, it's like you're going to church to get back in touch with God. You don't just do that on Sunday and then the rest of the week, you know, commit crimes of all kinds and, you know, take advantage of people in bad ways. And you have to be in that spiritual focus the best you can all the time. That's the point. And then combine that, as Dr. Hunley was saying, with taking care of your physical body and breaking free of the addictions that you have that cause damage. And that's a matter of changing what you identify with. If you do that successfully, it takes no willpower to break addictions at all. And it gets pretty exciting. And we get into that in Planetary Healing Club. So check that out, planetaryhealingclub.com. And if you want to support our work and you've got resources we're not doing commercials, as you probably noticed. And uh, you can donate to our work at lostartsradio.com. There's a donate button there. And there's also a subscribe star link. Either one of those help us keep going and hopefully at some point in the not distant future activate projects that we've got on hold right now that we'd like to get going with, but there's not the funding for it. So... Tell all the friendly billionaires you know to get in touch with us, and we need we need to get some of these things going. There are urgent uh, developments in the outside world that need to be counteracted, and we know how to do that. But short of uh, physical resources, we still have the inner work that's very powerful. And if you want to see what we're talking about on that, and if you're ready to actually work on the potential inside yourself and change the quality of life experience that you've got, check it out at planetaryhealingclub.com. And I think that's mainly what I wanted to tell you about. This is our Sunday show, and we have a Saturday show, too, that's Lost Arts Radio Live, and that's about current events in different uh, perspectives. And we just had one for the new year about the Christmas truce that occurred in World War One and what that means for um, what's going on right now and how we could stop, <clears throat> quickly stop the uh, assault on humanity that's going on. That's free to access. It's an archive now. 
If you want to see where it's available to look at, check out lostartsradio.com slash live, and it'll take you right there. And then a half an hour after the end of Lost Arts Radio Live on Saturday is the live meeting of Planetary Healing Club. And if you decide that it's worth your time and you're ready to do some serious uh, realignment in yourself uh, in a supportive environment, then you're invited to join us if you want to. Otherwise, we'll look forward to seeing you next Sunday. And um, the main message is take care of yourself on all levels. It's the most generous thing you could do for everybody else. And uh, it changes the whole quality of your everyday experience. So take responsibility. You're really important to the outcome of this drama that we're in right now. And in fact, the secret is you're the star. And what you're projecting out and everything you do has this massive effect on everybody. And you're told to think, oh, you have no impact. You're just this weak little one out of eight billion people, insignificant. The opposite of that is true. So please take care of yourself and um, everything you do is capable of helping the whole world moment to moment to moment. So we're counting on you for that. And thanking you also for being the critical element in healing our situation here and making things turn around while there's still time. Stay in touch and uh, use the contact form on the lostartsradio.com if you want to put in comments or suggestions, anything like that, and we read every one of those. I think I remembered pretty much everything. Give you Dr. Ely's websites, take a look at them, sign the petition, and... Um, Share it with other people. Share the links if you can. So we're dealing with a lot of shadow banning and censorship all the time, and you can help us get over that. Okay, so thanks for being here. Have a nice night, and we'll see you next time. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program, offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month, to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our Subscribestar levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific 
on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big text platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the banned ones are on our YouTube channel at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.